are so many songs about being hurt? Because it's such a universal concept. Because you've been hurt. Because those great songs from the 60s or the 70s or the 80s that we love to listen to, that we sing along with the radio, you probably knew half the words. But the reason they're so real, the reason that they span the generations is because every single one of us has experienced hurt. We've all got scars and wounds. There's not anyone watching online or anyone in this room that has made it through unscathed. Hurt is a part of our story. Some of us learned long ago that the nursery rhyme was a lie. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. You've had some words that have hurt you. For some of us, uh, it's the words that we never heard, right? It's the words that we so wanted and longed to hear, like, I love you, or I'm proud of you, or you're enough. We've all been hurt. So, today is not going to be the most pain-free church service you've ever been to. Because if we're going to let God do a work in our hearts, we've got to dig up some hurt and some pain that might have been buried for years. And see then how God has given us a way to deal with this hurt. And I know it can be difficult because you've been hurt. And it still hurts our fragile broken hearts. We've been hurt all kinds of ways. Some of you were hurt because a parent walked out when you were a kid. Maybe you were hurt because someone broke confidence with you. You told someone a secret, you confided in someone, and they told the whole office or the whole town or all your friends or the one person that they couldn't tell. Some of you were hurt because you were abused. We talked a little bit about that last week. Some of you were hurt because you were wrongly accused or blamed for something. And to this day, people still think you did it and you didn't. Some of you were hurt because you were cheated or cheated on. Maybe by a business partner. Maybe by someone that you loved. So you've been lied to or lied about. Or maybe you were hurt simply because you were stabbed in the back. You were betrayed by someone. Some of you hurt from being made fun of from years ago. Some of you are hurt because someone violated your trust. You trusted them and they, they broke that. Some of you still carry hurt around from a spouse that left. And there are a million other things that could have hurt you. Things that we haven't named, including things that we couldn't imagine. We couldn't possibly name them all. Some of us have been hurt by church, hurt by a pastor or by a ministry leader, the last person that you thought was going to hurt you, and you were hurt. Hurt is real, and the problem with hurt 
is that it, when it goes unchecked and it's never dealt with and it gets buried deep in our heart, it manifests itself in something that we're going to talk about today, unforgiveness. Now here's the fascinating thing about unforgiveness. Do we have any English teachers in here? Any English teachers? No English teachers? Nobody that will admit it? Or, uh, we, we, I need help from English teachers because I need people to proofread my stuff. But if you're an English teacher, you know this. Unforgiveness uh, is not an English word. Did you know that? It's actually, when you type it in your computer, it will always come up with that red underline because it's not a real word. And isn't that fascinating because we all know what unforgiveness is. We all know what forgiveness looks like and we all know what unforgiveness feels like, what it looks like deep down in our heart. It becomes a grudge, it grows into a grudge or bitterness, it morphs into cynicism or hardness of heart. And in this series, as we talk about things in our spiritual junk drawers that we've been meaning to get rid of, that we've been needing to get rid of, if you're going to be who God created you to be, and not just emotionally and not just mentally, but if you're going to spiritually grow as a person, you've got to get, if you get rid of one, you've got to get rid of this one. Um, I believe that unforgiveness has the most potential to do the most damage to your heart. I believe it has the most potential to do the most damage to your heart. Unforgiveness will rot you from the inside out. It, it will tarnish your heart. And we're going to read a passage today from the Apostle Paul that says, that, that says Christians have a way to deal with this better than anyone else, better than any other group of people, that Christians ought to know how to do this. So if you are not a follower of Jesus and you're watching online or you came with a friend or, or you just, you just been looking online and you've actually came in person today, but, but you're not a Christ follower, I want to show you why I believe that Christians have to forgive others. We have to. It's, it's almost a command what we're going to read. But I want you to know something. Based on what I'm going to share with you today, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't have to do it. Like you can hold grudges and harbor unforgiveness all you want to. You can. Like what we're gonna read today is for Christians. So if you're not a Christian, you don't have to do it. But can I give you some advice on holding grudges? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I mean, nothing, unforgiveness, and you know this, I know this because we've all done this, is toxic to your soul. It's been said that unforgiveness, when we don't forgive someone, when we hold a grudge, it's like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. We think it's going to hurt them, but it hurts us. We think it's going to do something to them, but it actually puts us in bondage to this, this feeling, this, this thing. So if you hold grudges, it will eat you alive. Now, it's going to take us a minute to get to this scripture passage that we're going to read in the book of Ephesians. So if you want to get ready, it's going to take us a minute. Going to, we're going to be right at the end of chapter 4 of Ephesians. If you want to have your Bible app or you've got a hard copy, if you don't have a hard copy, take one at the bookshelf when you leave if you're here in person. At the end of Ephesians 4, it's going to take us a minute to get there because it's kind of the answer to the question. It is the, it resolves the dilemma of why we should forgive and how we can forgive. 
Because the first thing that we, we need to address is our natural instincts when someone hurts us. Our natural instincts and, and understand why forgiveness is a better answer. And I believe that these natural instincts are the same whether you are a follower of Jesus or if not. This, these are universal issues. When someone hurts you or, you or me, our first instinct is to fight. I mean, I'm going to fight. You want to fight because you're right and they're wrong. Right? Because you're right and they're wrong. You deserve justice. You deserve to win. Righteousness is on your side, so you don't pull any punches. You don't pull any punches. You defend your honor. You call the attorneys. You fire off the email. You send nasty letters. You spread rumors. You put it all over social media. You get in a shouting match. You do whatever you got to do because you are right and they are wrong and they deserve to be punished. Somebody ever hurt you and that's, that's the tactic you took? Decide to fight. I'm going to fight this. You basically throw a two-year-old temper tantrum. Now, I don't say that like just, I say that because if you have ever been around a two-year-old, when someone hurts them, that's what they do. They fight back, take the toy back, and push the other kid down. Right? That's, there's a reason we call it the terrible twos. Because they haven't processed in their mind how to deal in relationships. So in their mind, all I know is you hurt me, you took what was mine, boom, I'm going to fight, push you, I got the toy. <laughs> They're happy then. And that's kind of what we do sometimes in the fighting. Like, I want mine, I want my justice, I want my righteousness, I want the, what I deserve. So we fight. Maybe some of you have done that before. Maybe you're doing that. How's it going? How, yeah, how's that working for you? How's it going when you fight? The problem when we fight is... You see, this instinct lies to us. This instinct tells us the same lie that the serpent told Adam and Eve in the garden. You can be like God. You see, this instinct to fight makes us like God and we dole out justice and we dole out righteousness and we dole out judgment and we have power over another and it never feels right when we try to take the place of God because you and I weren't meant to dole out justice and you and I weren't meant to have that kind of power and you and I weren't created to judge. That's not our spot in the universe. So it never feels as good as we think it's going to feel. It lies to us. It's not how we were created. It's not what we were supposed to do. Even if you're right, it never feels as good as it says it's going to feel. Is this where you're at? Maybe you're fighting right now with someone. Well, there's another instinct. There's another instinct. Sometimes instead of fighting, we just know like it's not worth it. I don't want to do it. So I'm just going to forget. Now, I know what a lot of people are going to say here. Huh? No, 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 Carter. I, see, you, know, you misunderstand. The, pr the problem is I can forgive, but I just can't forget. I actually think the opposite is true. I actually think that people try to forget the hurt more than anything. 
We just try to bury it down deep. And we know this because we all have all done the Publix bob and weave. You know the Publix bob and weave? It's when you're in Publix and you're going down and you're about to turn down the aisle and you see the person that hurt you and you're like, Bob, weave, weave that, right? The other aisle. Because I just want to forget it. I don't want to deal with it. I just want to bury it down deep in my heart and I'm going to cover it with months and I'm going to cover it with years and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a song, a phrase, a word, a picture, a place and it blossoms and it, and it comes back out and holy smokes, it, it is bitter, it is sarcastic so we just cover it, dig deeper, and cover it more and more. And what we find is that it digs roots deep in our heart and soul, and it blossoms as more bitterness, as more sarcasm, as more negativity. And all of a sudden, our anger at one person makes it feel like and seem like we are angry at every person. Have you ever, people go to years and years of therapy to deal with this because their relationship with one person who hurt them has dug so deep a roots in their hearts and caused them so much bitterness and sarcasm and negativity that it's affecting every other relationship. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we need the help of great Christian counselors to help unearth that kind of mess in our heart because we didn't deal with the hurt. We just buried it and we just tried to forget it. Maybe you've tried to do that. Maybe this morning is the first time you thought about it in a long time. How does that feel? How does that work? Does it work to bury it? Does it work to just try to forget it? I think there's another option, a better option, to forgive. Like we could, instead of just saying, instead of fighting, instead of forgetting, I'm gonna choose to forgive. Now I know what you're saying, I know what you're saying. Carter, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how bad they hurt me. You, you don't know how wrong they are. You don't know the years it took. You don't know that they've never shown any remorse. Carter, they've never even said, I'm sorry. You, you just don't know what they did. I'm the victim here. You couldn't understand it. I just want you to know you're right. I don't know what they did to you. And I don't know how bad it hurt. But I want you to know that I don't think you should forgive them because I say so. And I don't think you should forgive them because it will help you be more emotionally healthy and, and it will help your mental state. I don't even think you should forgive them because it'd be better for your blood pressure, though it probably will. I think you should forgive them because of what the Apostle Paul taught about what Jesus did. And that's the only reason. So I mentioned that this, this uh, passage is kind of the answer to this dilemma of like, how do we deal with this? Instead of fighting, instead of uh, just trying to forget what is the other solution, what could be the source of forgiveness? So it's found in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to start at the very end, uh, verse 32, and go into chapter 5, verse 2. It's just a few short passages that have a lot of power. Now, here's a couple of things you've got to know about this passage before we read it. Number one is that sometimes when we hear people say, oh, you should just forgive somebody, we imagine that the person writing this has never been hurt, right? Like if they had known the pain I've gone through, let me just tell you about Paul. He actually is writing this letter from prison. 
He's been hurt. He's been abandoned. He has been betrayed. He is suffering for his faith. He has had confidants turn on him. He has had fellow brothers and sisters in Christ turn on him. Paul has experienced pain. He knows where he's coming from when he's talking about this. And the second thing that's really interesting about this passage is that all the letters that Paul writes, okay, he wrote, writes most of the New Testament. Romans, First and Second Corinthians, First and Second Thessalonians, Philippians, Galatians. All of the letters at the very beginning say something like to the church in Galatia or to, um, to the saints in Thessalonica or to the... Uh, to the church in Corinth. They all say that. They're addressed to the church. That's kind of his way of saying, dear so-and-so. Now, if you read, if you got your Bibles open or you got your app open there, you'll see that it says to, to God's holy people in Ephesus. And the reason it says that is because most of the manuscripts, like the original manuscripts, there's not just one, there's a bunch. Most of them have that, that comment in there. But there's probably a little footnote in your Bible or a little thing you can tap if you're on the Bible app that'll tell you there's a little footnote about that, that thing. That the earliest manuscripts are missing that line. And here's what that means. Most scholars believe that the book of Ephesians was not just written to one congregation. Most scholars believe that the book of Ephesians was meant to be passed around to all the churches it was literally a, a generic letter that everyone needed to read. So here's what, that, here's what that tells me, that the issues that Paul is dealing with in Ephesians are issues that everybody's struggling with. And so if you have been harboring some hurt and you've tried to fight it out or you've tried to forget it, you've dug deep or you've struggled to forgive, here's what I want you to know. 2,000 years ago, Paul was writing this to every Christian he knew because he saw this as a problem. And here's what Paul says. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, through five, chapter 5, verse 2. It's a really short passage. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Don't fight one another. Be kind and compassionate. And listen to this. This is plain as day. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate, forgiving each other. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, not bitterness, not sarcasm, not negativity, not in a fighting spirit, but walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That's the word of God. That's the message. Paul says something so extraordinary here. He says, I don't want you to fight about it, and I don't even want you to forget it. I want you to think about exactly what someone else did to you, and I want you to forgive them anyway. Not because they deserve it, not because they ask for mercy, but because Jesus forgave you. 
because Christ looked down from the cross at the people who had betrayed him and crucified him and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing because Jesus has forgiven you and forgiven your sins. That's why I think you should forgive other people, Paul says. And I'm not the first person to say it this way, but this is the way that it makes sense for me. Paul simply says this, forgiven people forgive. Forgiven people forgive. People who have experienced God's mercy, who have experienced God's grace, who have experienced God's love through Jesus on the cross, who have had their own sins forgiven, are the people who are capable and able to forgive. They, because pe forgiven people know we don't deserve God's love. We know we don't deserve God's mercy. We know we don't deserve God's grace. So we are, but we have experienced. So no one is more qualified than forgiven people to extend grace, mercy, and forgiveness to others. Forgiven people forgive. If we have trouble, trouble forgiving, then we have grossly underestimated the forgiveness, grace, and mercy that Christ has showered on us. We have taken too low a view of our sin and too high a view of other sins against us. Here's what I wanna promise you. No one has done to you what is worse than what we have all done to God. I mean, can I just, can I just, can we have a moment of clarity and honesty right now, okay? Just a moment of clarity and honesty. Our sin, our sin, because of our sin, every single one of us in this room and watching online deserves to go to hell. Every single one of us, me, the band, the guys working the camera, guys, thank you, we, we, but they too, them too, you too. The person sitting next to you on the couch, the person that was above you and below you on the live stream, because of our sin, we all deserve to go to hell. But God looked at our sin, looked at our filth, looked at our mistakes, looked at our past, and sent his son, Jesus, to down the cross and forgive us anyway. And so Paul says, hey, you know, since you didn't get sent to hell for what you did, maybe you could forgive someone who forgave you, who, who sinned against you. Maybe you could forgive someone who hurt you. Maybe you could forgive someone who did that. So Paul says, Paul says it this way. Here's what I want you to do. Follow God's example. If you're looking at someone and going, oh, they so don't deserve it. They so, that's fine. Listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look like your daddy. I want you to look like a dearly loved child of God, and I want you to just forgive them anyway. Follow not the world's example that says get your justice, fight back, forget it, no, no, I want you to follow God's example who looked at our sin and said, I love you anyway. I love you anyway. Because we know what unconditional love looks like. Now, Paul does not take this lightly. He, he understands what a big ask this is. And he says, this is going to require sacrifice. 
For Jesus to forgive us, it meant that he had to sacrifice his life for our sins to be forgiven. Who showed us what sacrifice. So here's what I want you to know. You're going to have to sacrifice something if you're going to forgive somebody because Jesus had to sacrifice to forgive you. You're going to have to sacrifice your rightness. You're going to have to sacrifice maybe the apology that you never get. You're going to have to sacrifice your pride. You're going to have to sacrifice um, them saying, I'm sorry. You're going to have to sacrifice perhaps your feelings. You're going to have to sacrifice some of your heart. Forgiveness required Jesus to take up a cross. It will require you to take one up too. But forgiven people forgive because we know the author and perfecter of forgiveness. If there is anybody on planet earth that can forgive people for hurting us, it is people who have been forgiven by the forgiver. And I'll bet that you've got someone that you need to forgive. And I have a working theory that um, you've still got their contact in your phone. So I want to ask you to do something. If you're watching at home or if you're here, I want you to take your phone out. Go ahead. Some of you are like, I ain't going to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Be a team player. Jake talked about being on the team. Be a team player. Get your phone out. And I want you to pull up their contact because I'll bet you've still got it in there of the person that hurt you. And I just want you to look at that name. Is it an ex-husband or an ex-wife? Is it someone you used to consider a friend? Is it a parent, a neighbor, a former business partner or boss? Maybe it's another church member. Maybe you've been fighting with them. Maybe you've been trying to forget them. I don't think that makes you feel any better. What if today, if you just forgave them? I think you'd be released from the bondage, the bondage of unforgiveness. I think you'd be freed and cured of the poison of bitterness I think you'd become who you were created to be, a dearly loved child of God who looks like their heavenly father. Now, if you're not a Christian, the first person that you need to forgive is yourself. See, this, won't, this doesn't make any sense if you haven't come to terms with an incredible almighty God of the universe who looked at all of your sin and all of your mistakes and all the times you've disobeyed God and sent his one and only son to forgive you. None of this makes any sense. And before you even think about forgiving someone else, you have got to come to grips with your own forgiveness granted you by the mercy, grace, and love of Almighty God in His Son, Jesus. 
And all you have to do is confess it, repent of that sin, and say, God, I get it. I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. You can name all the ways you did, but you've forgotten half the things you've done and say, Lord, I receive it. I receive your mercy. I receive your grace. I receive your love. The first person you got to forgive is yourself. And I just want you to know, if that's you, if that's you, if you're in this room, you're watching online, if that's you, first of all, if you're in this room, I want you to stop by that tent and see Taylor and she'll get you to one of our pastors. Taylor's our next step coordinator because we want to talk with you about that decision because it's the most important decision you could ever make. And if you're going to deal with the hurt in your life, you got to deal with the hurt that you caused first. Now, for the rest of us who are followers of Jesus, this is who we're called to be. I want you to look at that name. Or if you don't have it on your phone, I want you to think about that name. And I want you to think about this scripture. Would you think about that name and would you say, I'm going to choose to be kind and compassionate to this person because Christ in his mercy has been kind and compassionate to me. And I'm going to choose to forgive them because in Christ God forgave me because it is the least I can do because of what Jesus has done for me. And though I've got people that telling me that I ought to get revenge, that I ought to get even, I'm going to follow God's example with them. As one of his dearly loved children, and I'm not going to walk in the way of bitterness. I'm not going to walk in the way of a grudge. I'm not going to walk in the way of negativity. I'm going to walk in the way of love with this person. Because Christ loved me. And he gave himself up for me. So I'm going to give up my pride. I'm going to give up. I'm going to, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice, I'm going to sacrifice the apology. I'm going to sacrifice justice. I'm going to sacrifice revenge because Christ sacrificed for me. And I think you might have a step to take. Like maybe this afternoon, you might need to hit text on that, comp, that contact. Or maybe this afternoon, you need to make a call. Maybe this afternoon, you need to start drafting a letter or send an email. Or maybe you just need to get in your room on your knees and just say, Lord, I release it to you. This is a person I can't have contact with anymore, but I release it to you. And I've forgiven them because forgiven people forgive. And if you can't forgive what someone else has done to you, I'm not sure if you have completely understood exactly how much Jesus has forgiven you. Heavenly Father, our hurt is real people have betrayed us people have stabbed us in the back people have walked out on us people have done us wrong 
And for some of us, it was this week, last month. For some of us, it's been years or decades, and we are still carrying the weight. And we're wait, we've been waiting for an apology, God. And today, Lord, we hear you speak into our hearts that we want to follow your example. Because, God, it's the least forgiven people can do because of what you have given to us in your mercy, in your grace, through the cross. God, forgive us for holding on to judgment and justice and revenge and grudges when you forgave us a long time ago. Help us to follow your example. For those of us watching or in this room, God, that we can't, we can't even, this can't even get straight in our hearts because we haven't forgiven ourselves yet because we haven't said yes to your mercy, grace, and, for, and forgiveness. And my prayer is that today would be a day to them. They would take a step. They would go to the tent and talk to Taylor. They would put something in the chat of saying, I need to talk to a pastor. And, we, and Lord, that today would be a step where they would say, I confess my sin, Lord. The first person I want to forgive is myself because Christ has forgiven. Hebrews says that when Jesus died, he did away with sin. Lord, thank you for doing away with our sin. And I pray that people need to experience that today, Lord, that that would happen today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So this is a, this is a day that um, there's work to do beyond church. There's work to do during this closing song. There's work to do when we walk out these doors to forgive somebody, to release. Because forgiven people forgive. It's what we do. It's who we are. And you'll be so glad you got that mess out of your junk drawer. Let's stand and worship together.